Alright, I'm Tyler. And I'm Chris. Uh, this is going to be kind of something that we're going to play around with and experiment with, but uh, yeah, we wanted to start a podcast, and uh, we'll see how it's going to go. How you been, man? Not too bad. Yeah? Had kind of a crazy day at work. Got a lot of deadlines all finishing up at the same time, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I guess I'm feeling the stress right now. I'm trying to figure out if I'm getting this new job. Uh, to leave in a better position than I am. Right now, I have a bunch of work that I, I have to accomplish in a short amount of time. And <clears throat> there's possibilities that other people could take the position because they have experience that I don't. But I'm being given the opportunity to go get that experience to make me a better position. They're trying to put your affairs in order. Yeah. So it's just a lot. Yeah. A lot of a lot of details to button up. I mean, all the cl- all the projects I'm working on are all like right at the end, and it's just I don't know. It, it, I always do this to myself. I stress myself out, get myself to a point that I'm freaking out about the small things, and I just forget to kind of just trust in the, the abilities that I have, the talents God has given me. Drive that I have. Yes. So, how much stuff? That's awesome. Yeah, me. You know, uh, work's kind of quiet right now, but I'm trying to trying to get some. I got a couple irons in the fire with work. Summer school starting up uh, next week, first week of July. Got to get some stuff set up for that, and I got some projects that I got to get going on. So, um, you know, taking advantage of the summer, uh, not having having kind of a skeleton crew around, is easy to good things happening on there, but work has, work's been pretty chill for me lately, but, uh, you know, it's been kind of exciting because thinking about this podcast idea and doing some of the writings I have on the site, like, it's kind of, having it be quiet at work has been, give me some, give me some time to think about uh, ideas and just kind of let God speak to me, and it, it's, it's been cool. What, what made you want to start writing? Did you always have that desire to write a journal? Have you always been a, a, a journal keeper or yeah i've uh i've always i've always been a writer and I've, I've always enjoyed it um as a kid you know in school like that i never i never had a hard time writing uh yeah i mean i keep i keep a journal and and there's been through there's been some um evolutions of that over time uh you know uh, i i don't like going back and looking through my old journals because it's kind of like when you hear your own voice or you see a video of yourself, you're like, ew, weird. But, um, so my journal style has been kind of evolved over time, but yeah, I've always been a writer, but what I kind of wanted to do is, um, I've been having the practice of as much as I can to, to, to write 30 minutes every day, just kind of, um, free association, just kind of like it's a workout or something. Uh, because they say that the more you write, the better you get at it. And so, um, I just got, you know, at Google Docs and I'll just start, I'll set a timer on my phone and I'll just start writing stuff for 30 minutes. And then when the time's up, then I'll stop, you know? And so that's just a way to kind of get the juices flowing a little bit. But I just, I feel like that I have a voice and I feel like that I got stuff to say and, and it's, and it is kind of like an online journal and, and, um, you know, I just write what I, want to write about and people have been seeing, seeming to uh to grab a hold of that and that's been exciting that that was kind of what i was thinking with this podcast because i don't have that same talent i have a desire to write i've always wanted to write uh, like a sci-fi uh fantasy novels and stuff i love reading i love books uh, i've read thousands of books in the course of my Thousands. Life. Oh, I'm sure. Thousands. All right. Hey, more power to it. It's thousands. I, I can't yeah, say that. I, I, can, I can genuinely say I've probably hit at least 2,000, if not more. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah, it's been a lot of reading. But there was there was moments that, like, I read 30 books in a month or more, you know? It just depends. Um, what I you mean, got going on? Yeah, yeah. At different points in my life, I'll, I'll read for a while. Down, back up, down, you know. Sometimes the book just is boring and I lose interest. But I digress. The whole <clears throat> the whole point of me saying that part was I don't have 
the patience to slowly get good <laughs> at writing. Um, because unfortunately, like the way my brain works is I want to be good at something right off the bat. That's why I never picked up a guitar. I never really became a good skateboarder. Yeah. I give up after a while because I'm frustrated. You know, I stick to the things I, I'm good at naturally and I can talk. <laughs> yeah. It's that, it's that learning process. that's kind of tough. It's, it's kind of growing pains. You know, I, I, I felt like that sometimes too, different things, but, um, you know, so this, this is just another avenue to kind of open up, express, uh, ideas and, and you know, focus on things that I'm either frustrated with or I've dealt with, or I feel like other people can, uh, Relate or gain something from or relate to. Yeah. You know, there's other Christian men out there uh, who, you know, sometimes just need to hear that somebody else is dealing with something along the same lines or has dealt with it. And, you know, um, I've come into contact in my years in youth ministry and stuff uh, with plenty of young men who have reached out and I was ill-equipped to help them at the times that yeah. they've reached out to me. Now I feel like I'm in a position where I can try to help in one way. And hopefully, you know, we get some people listening to this and, and our stories and experiences and opinions matter. You know, I'm not trained in theology. I don't have a, a pastoral degree by any sense. Neither you know, do I. I've, I've, I haven't taken any classes like that. I'm an average guy, you know, with a family who loves God and, and wants to better my relationship with Christ through sure. any avenue that's kind of opened up to me. And I feel like having a conversation with one of my best friends and digging through stuff it is one avenue to do that and, sure. uh, you know, kind of share that with other people. Yeah. And how, how long have we known each other? So I think, we met in, it was at the Ross Meadows small group. And when was, when, what, was that like late 2012 or early 2013? You weren't married yet. You were, you were engaged yeah, though, I think. It was, it was 2012. I had seen you at church. I think we ran into each other ministries a couple of times, but we never right. really had a chance to talk. But yeah, Ross Meadows group in 2012, the Harlins were there and then Randy and I were there and we were both unmarried young couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and Randy and I got married in the beginning of 2013, I think that started in like November, October, November. Yeah, because I, I think I, I never knew, I, I know, I met you when you were engaged already. So, right. So that's about that kind of time. But so that's, that's what, five years, you know, almost five years I've known you, but, you know, it's been good getting to know you. Yeah, that's cool. It has. Um, and so, you know, like what you're saying is just kind of uh, wanting to get better at a skill or, um, or whatever, you know, that's just what I've been trying to do with the writing and is just that I'm just I'm just gonna write and then just have faith and, and just trust that, you know, just be faithful with it. You know, and so I think that that's what we're doing with this podcast and and listeners at home might, you know, listen might be able to pick up some rough around the edges uh you know uh, rough around the edges quality to this, but you know what, we're gonna keep doing it, we're gonna keep each time is going to be better than last, but we're just going to be faithful to it and yeah, see what happens. And, and that's all I really hope for is something, something fun. Just some way to kind of deal with the stresses of life that come up. You know, <clears throat> I'm married. I have a baby. Uh, I live with my mother-in-law. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I can talk about, man. You know? So. Well, and, and how, old, how old is, he's almost one, mm-hmm. right? Um, 10 months, one months? Uh, he will be one next month, uh, but it's like, I think it's a month exactly. Uh, no, Sunday, I think will be a month exactly. Is that kid shaving because he looks like a, he's about the size of a teenager? No, no, he is climbing stairs though. He just climbed stairs for the first time today. Oh man. Randy sent me videos. Yeah, he's, he's trucking himself upstairs. He's super proud of it too. So he does this little, like, he puts his belly on the stairs and then like shakes his arms and legs up and down he and bounces. Well, no, that's not how he climbs. That's just when he gets excited. He's like, <laughs> he just does that, does this thing, <laughs> and uh, but no, he he like puts his hands up and then. All right, so we're recording again. Sorry, technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. 
So uh, we're figuring this out. So how does Cooper has? So you're so, talking about so, how Cooper yeah. Plays, he'll, so. he'll put his he'll put his hands up on the on the uh, first stair and then like lift the leg up and like push his body up. It's it's really funny to watch. It's amazing what babies learn how to do on their own. I bet that's scary. I bet that's scary for you. I have a big staircase in my house, so yeah, it's a little it's a little worrisome, especially because it ends in a pile. It doesn't end in something soft that you can just kind of walk away from. That's true. But the kid's falling off the dresser already, so <laughs> I think it'll be okay. Well, and the kid's built like a tank, so if anything is going to break, I think he might crack your tile. So that <laughs> might be... That's that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about my tile. expensive <laughs> tile. Yeah, well, he's a cute kid, and, and uh, you know, so so um, I think that that's a good transition. What we want to talk about, so having being married, having a baby, what well, how's that? How's that affected your uh, your day to day life? How's that affected the relationships that you have that you have in your life? Uh, in certain regards, it's strengthened some. You know, my wife has fallen deeper in love with me just off off of her love. Cooper and seeing me be a father, uh, you know, she, Father's Day was recently, and she expressed to me, you know, how much she loves me, and then she said, but to go even further, you know, how much you love our son just blows me away, it's just a gift from God that I, awesome. I never could have asked for, and <clears throat> it, it, it's really cool to hear, um, that and, and and see the evidence of a stronger relationship with my wife. Um, watching my mother-in-law with him, and how much he loves his grandson. Uh, it's really grown my tolerance of her and my love for sure. her. Because it's not it's not easy living with another person that you're not married to and has their own opinions and their own way of doing things yep. and they're set in their ways. You know, my mother-in-law is in her sixties. You know, she's not going to change for much, you know. Nope. And the more and the more you fight that, the more resistance you'll get. Exactly. And you so know, you're better not. You're best not poking the bear. So we had our hiccups and stuff, but even that has improved, you know, drastically. And I find that I come home and I'm so happy to be home uh, now. Whereas before I was, I was happy, but like now it's it's different. Like I'm so excited to come home to my family. Yeah. Come home uh, to a house filled with people. And I was telling Randy, because uh, she's been gone all this week, that I don't know what to do with myself when they're not around. Like, I didn't realize how much time I had at the end of the day after I come home from work until I go to bed with them until they weren't here. With them not being here, I, I mean, I sat and watched lockdown for <laughs> five hours before I went to bed the other night because I didn't have anything else to do. You don't know what to do with you yourself. Know? Uh, but with when Cooper and Randy are here, I play with Cooper, I help do dinner, I help with the dogs, I mm-hmm. do laundry or whatever. Well, not often. I stop at doing laundry. <laughs> <laughs> well, me too. But, I mean, you know, I, I do things around the house and it takes up all of my time so that we end up having like an hour together before we both go to sleep. And that's that's our night, every night. And it's just crazy to think that this uh, this this process takes up so much of my time, and I don't I don't even miss it. Like yeah, I used to be, I still am, very much a recluse. I like being home, just doing what I want to do, and having a baby and having a marriage that's been taken away and replaced with something so much better. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I I but I used to relate to the recluse thing. I used to like to be by myself and and just to do my own thing, but now I don't know what happened, but I hate it. I hate being by myself. I hate it. I, I'm like at my house only to sleep. And then, because I got it, I'll leave for work in the morning and I won't come back home a lot of t- oftentimes until 10 o'clock at night when I'm getting ready to go, you know. So I hate being by myself. I'm, I'm the same way now. I mean, before it was like <clears throat> when I was still at home with my parents and stuff, I'd I'd come home, I'd have dinner with them or whatever, and I'd go in my room and do whatever. I'd even go hang out with friends or whatever. Sure. But most of the time it was like I did whatever I wanted to do. I didn't worry about um, them or 
you know, whatever was going on that night, I just worried about my stuff. And now I take somebody else's needs and desires and opinions into account before I decide what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, it's definitely a learning process. I mean, the first year of marriage is rough. At least for Randy and I, neither of us realized how independent we were and how selfish we were. Sure. Coming into but you had some roadblocks yourself too. Your first year, you were you lost your job, or what was that again? Or, or you were laid off, something like that. That's a major yeah, thing. So like popped up. Yeah, I uh, I was working for a company, um, you know, for a few years, and in, in that first year of our marriage, the business started to kind of change directions, and I uh, unfortunately just didn't have a role to fill in. In that line of work anymore, and, and you know, we left on good terms, and, and that was that. But it definitely threw us. You know, suddenly, sure, we're missing this big chunk of income, and you know, we're thrown into a situation where I'm, <clears throat> I'm the type of person that if I don't have a job, I have a really hard time finding a confidence. Or your worth in something. Yeah, and, and I know that a lot of the time you're supposed to find your, your self-worth in Christ and, and your identity in Christ. And that's, that's easy enough to say, but I was in raised... In practice, that's hard to, to... Yeah. but I And I was raised with a certain work ethic. So, but I mean, yeah, you're raised with a work ethic, but I just think that as what I've been noticing and realizing that as men, and I'm sorry, you know, I'm not trying to alienate any... Uh, you know, women listeners, but something I've been learning is that as men, we were just built and designed to work and to provide and, and all that stuff. And so when that's taken away from you, when there's, when you can't work for one reason or another, that's tough to, to get your bearings again. Well, yeah, it, it goes back to how God, you know, designated Adam's role in yeah. this world. Eve's role in this world, it was their, their different motivations, you know, and, and a, a man really is genetically programmed, at least in my opinion, to fill the role of a provider. Yeah. You know, society says different, and I don't disagree now with the way our society is in the sense that, yes, a woman has every opportunity to fill the role of a provider, and a Absolutely. lot of women do it a lot better than men do. Sure. You know? But still, a man is intrinsically has to do wired. something. Yeah, yeah. So it can't me, sit idly by. I think that that's that that's a huge red flag when you see a man sitting idly by, not doing anything. He's got to do something. He's so, got to do something to contribute to his family. So in those whatever moments, it is, in those moments, you know, I get really depressed and I get down and. And my confidence is gone. And then, you know, that, that weighs heavy on our marriage the first year, you know, trying to find that worth again and that motivation and, and really provide and make a difference. And I held a lot of jobs in that meantime. And nothing really filled that role that I felt like I was contributing. You know, my wife is highly educated and has had a career for years and years now. And, you know, is very good at her job as a teacher and, you know, she's always felt very confident in that role, and I didn't have that. Yeah. Anyway. So it, it was rough. It, it, there was hiccups, definitely. You know. But God, but God provided you those little jobs throughout to mm -hmm. make sure that you were, you know, He's He provided for you. Oh yeah, I mean, open doors that I wouldn't have, like connections to the church and, and working at the church, and then you know, friends, and then all of a sudden this opportunity landed in my lap where I now, you know, hold a career, really. And I mean, and I, I excel at it. Man, that's I, an answered prayer. Yeah. Uh, an answered prayer that I didn't even, it didn't even pray yeah. for properly. You know, I was at the time asking God for direction and all of a sudden direction gets thrown in my lap. And yeah, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm running with this, you know. So, well, that kind of reminded me of a verse that I stumbled upon today. And, you know, I just, it's, um, 
it's in Romans eight. Uh, I think that that has to do, you know, this idea of your of God giving you something that you didn't even know that you wanted or needed, or something that you weren't even praying for. Um, it's Romans eight twenty five and twenty six. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Have you ever, I've had, I have those prayers all the time where I'm like, you know, dear Jesus, ah, <laughs> yeah, amen, you know, and so what's cool is that the Holy Spirit is like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm translating that. You know, so, uh, you know, you had this groaning of, of meaning you didn't even know what you wanted or didn't even know what you needed, but, you know, it was provided for you. It, it's it's cool the different views on that verse, because there's a def- definitely a couple of different ways that you can take that, and that's, that's one of them, you know, another being that the Spirit intercedes for us when we're not where we should be with our walk, Absolutely. and we're not praying how we should, and the Spirit is, you know, almost pleading with God on our behalf so that we're not, you know, straying too far from the path. Yeah. We're not going down this hole that we feel like we'll never be able to get back from. God is constantly pursuing us to recover us. And I really feel like he did that with me in that time by giving me a sense of purpose. And then he started working on my heart at the same time to just have this sense of humility. Like my wife carried us you know, in more than just a financial way, but she really pushed me to do better than I thought I could do. Yeah. And, you know, she, God used her to do that, um, you know, and she was very gracious about it, but there was times that it just, it, it's an uncomfortable process. Sure. Well, I mean, but I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that you've come out of that, and, and I'm glad that there's, it's encouraging to me to see people come out of a trial, you know, because uh, I'm sure that for you, when you're in the middle of that, I'm sure that you were thinking, when's this all going to be over, you know, kind of a thing. Well, in that situation, it wasn't even necessarily when's this all going to be over. It was more of a, I need a direction. I yeah. I don't know what direction to take. I didn't even consider it a trial until, you know, it was behind me. After the fact. Yeah. yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty. At that point, I'm like, that was a big trial. That was yeah. something that rocked our marriage and strengthened it, you know, yeah. tenfold. And, <clears throat> you know, that, that whole process is eye-opening in the sense that, you know, you don't really understand how much as a Christian man, you need to rely on the people around you, the relationships that you have in your low points, because God doesn't necessarily just talk directly to you. He talks and uses people around you yeah. to speak into your life and to motivate you and to push you in directions and influence you. And my wife being a big you know, factor in that, and then, and then just other little things that happened over time, people pointing things out to me that I'm like, I didn't even think. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, people just talking about struggles that they had, and then I feel that tugging on my heart, and I'm realizing that's a sin I'm struggling with. Or that's something that I'm going through. Right yeah. Now. I didn't even have focus enough to see that, you know. And I, I think that's all part of God's grace towards us, is he, he graciously points out the not saying that he doesn't use a heavy hand when needed, but oh yes, he will. He he loves us enough that he's willing to be the gentle nurturing. Well, he's a he's a father. I mean, you're a father. You know what that's you know. You uh, can you yeah. can relate with that, and and it's 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 a it's a loving you know discipline kind of thing, and it's it's just a way he's going to do whatever he's going to do, so that you grow in the relationship with him, and so that you can learn how to draw near to him because if it's in James 4 where it says if we draw near to the if we draw near the father he's going to draw near to us if we flee from the devil he'll flee from us you know it's, it's that you see if 
you know, it's easy to see if you know what you're looking for that God is constantly jealous for us and constantly eager and and desperate to draw near to us. You know, we just have to respond. You know, we have to answer that door. Right. But sometimes God kicks down the door and I'm like, God, thanks for breaking down my door. <laughs> come on. Would you like to come in? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh so I've been trying to I've, I've been trying to uh, be more attentive, and and I like what you said about um, you know listening to and applying and and really factoring in and considering uh, words of words of wisdom from friends and family and whoever it is, um, because sure, you know God absolutely can and, and does speak through those people, and uh, you know I've been trying to factor that in my own life is that. You know, I don't, I, I don't actively seek out words that I want to hear. You know, I, I try not to, you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I feel like that I'm hearing too many words, I'm like, oh, that I'm hearing too much of good things to my ear of things that I want to hear. I'll talk to my sister, you know, and she'll tell me what's up and she often, I'll talk to her and she'll tell me what's up. And so, um, you know, that's a person in my life that will, balance me out either way, you know, cause I don't want to be biased and, and I don't want to, uh, you know, tip the scales either way to what my own feelings are and, and what my own, you know, what my own desires are versus what God's are. I, I do that with my dad. Um, you know, he is, wants to be very supportive, but he is a you know, very structured individual. So a lot of the time he's like, well, that's, that's smart. Right now, yeah, is that really what you should be doing? Is your wife okay with that? Like, when I come to him with some decision I've made or something I'm gonna do, and you know, and then even then, he'll go and he'll check with Randy. <laughs> like, for instance, when I bought this motorcycle, he was talking to her <laughs> and going, Are you really okay with him buying a bike? Like, you're <laughs> sure you're okay with him buying a motorcycle? Okay, I just want to make sure that he's talking to you about it, he's not just making this decision. You know, and that's happened numerous times for other things throughout my life where he's just kind of been like, you're being a knucklehead. Yeah. You really need to think about what you're doing here. You know, some ways have been very gentle, other ways not so much. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, I don't knock the man. I understand. It's eye-opening having a child. Um, you know, you, you see this life that you uh, were blessed with bringing into the world and have this opportunity to contribute to that life. Yeah. And, uh, when you mm-hmm. see how small your on, on how small actions on your part affect your kid in a in a big way. Because a father has like the a huge influence on not only his wife, you know, being the head of a home, not only the you know, but a huge influence on his children, either good or bad. Like it's, it's, you know, it's great power being a dad and it's, it, you have to approach it with reverence and with, with the humility, knowing that you can either destroy something or you can lift it up and build it up in a good way. But with, with small actions on your part, I am, I am so conscious of, you know, when it comes to him, um, you wouldn't think about the, little, the littlest things that, you know, having an argument with someone like your spouse and your kids are right there. You don't understand the impact you're having on them, even as an infant. You know, the negativity that you're putting around them really does shape things in them. Yeah. And then the influence that they get from just seeing you do simple things like, you know, I read, and I'm going to butcher this statistic, but I read that, you know, um, 85% of children uh, will be motivated to be a fit person, a, a healthy person, develop their eating habits healthy off of what their parents do. Yeah. Seeing them work out, seeing them, you know, be active kind of shapes the child into being that and if they see their parents slouching around being bums you know that's the kind of attitude that they develop yeah they follow after what they see because they don't that's their 
<laughs> your parents are your biggest influences in your life, especially at a young age. Yeah. Because you don't have any other frame of reference. Yeah. So it, it to circle back, it, it having a baby, having a marriage really has had me uh, start to analyze the relationships that I have. Um, yeah other people you know there's certain friendships that i pursue to uh strengthen uh, ours included because i saw characteristics um and, and values that i either liked or didn't like and, and um you know things that i felt i needed to have be an influence in my life uh you know when it comes to us i saw a person who genuinely uh, loves and cares about others and uh, you know wants to make an impact in the church and an impact in his own life and his pursuit of Christ and that you know that process that's going on with you really inspired me to reach out and, and strengthen a friendship with you because I want that to be my norm I don't want you know the relationships I've had in the past was, hey, we're going out for beers, you know, we're gonna go get trash, and then have, and then that's it, you know. Yeah, it's, and it's that's very shallow. That's there every day, and not to say that you can't have friends who are unbelievers, and, or or you know live that kind of lifestyle. There's a time and place for friendships that are outside of the norm. You don't have to have all Christian friends, all good. But you're friends. you're just seeking out something deeper, something kind of more meaningful, something. I'm starting to understand there's certain paths that people are on and some of them line up kind of straight and, and are going in the same direction. I read something today talking about marriage um, where he said marriage isn't a man and a woman in a boat, you know, storm raging around them. They're fighting to go in the direction they want to go together in the same boat. Yeah. What it is is a man's at his boat and a woman's her boat, and as you're fighting against the storm, yelling for each other, searching through the fog and the crashing of the waves, you're hoping you're going in the same direction. Yeah. And then you see this beacon of light, which is God, our relationship with Him, and you start pointing yourself in that direction, and you go grow closer together in your relationship as you go as you point towards the same towards the destination. Thing, you know. Uh, um, God, God has designed it so that He draws us closer as we pursue Him, and that's really with any relationship. So, a lot of the time, you can see the people who are in the same chapter of life as you. You know, individuals who are looking for marriage and have found that relationship and are developing a relationship with their spouse and having a family, and people who are still a step behind that, still trying to figure out what they're doing with their life trying to figure out yeah. what they're doing with their boyfriend or girlfriend. And you can see which one holds more value to bolster your efforts where you're at right now. Yeah. And I feel like I've, my eyes have been open to that in the past, let's just say two years, um, to really seek out the relationships that are going in the same direction in life as I am. People who are looking to support their families, uh, make an impact in the church, make an impact for themselves, um, you know, are really heading in a positive direction. And not to say that I've just dropped friendships, but there are friendships that are just kind of growing distant because their the natural progression of things, they're not going in the same direction as me yet. You want to you wanna surround yourself with people that you want to be like because that's just what it is, is that you just, whether you intend to or not, you, you start to be like the people that you're around. Um, I've seen that. And um, as for me, you know, uh, a single man, uh, you know, one of my dreams in life is to be a good godly man. The, the dream in my life is to be a good godly man, good godly husband, a good godly father uh, in that order. And so I'm trying to take advantage of this time um, in solitude of heart, I'll say. You know, I've I read a quote. I'll have to look it up again. But um, it's that 
embracing, it's not looking at loneliness, but say have solitude of heart because this is a time to really figure out who you want to be like. And um, for me, I've been trying to surround myself with good influences of, of men in my life, you know, and, and women in my life that are, that are good, godly husbands and wives and, and, and fathers and mothers, um, you know, because I just, I want to just be around these people because I just want to absorb it. I, it's, it's what I want to be like. And, and God in his infinite wisdom has even put in my life a couple people that are just downright boneheads with being husbands and fathers. And so that's an example of who I don't want to be like. So in a way, so I have both sides of the spectrum now. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be like that guy, but I do want to be like this guy over here. So now I have an idea of kind of, uh, you know, I have kind of a continuum here of what I want to look like. Um, and, and things that I want to be pointed towards and, and goals in my life. So, uh, you know, that's been an exciting, it's been an exciting time for me because, you know, I'm going to this, I'm going to this wedding this weekend and it's the last, it's the last wedding. All my friends are married now, you know, so it's kind of, uh, it's significant in its own way, but it's kind of like, no, yours will be that. Well, sure. But yeah, okay. But, <laughs> but, you know, there's, you know, other men that I grew up with or, um, or, you know, friends of mine, they're all moving on to different stages of life. And I'm, and even though I'm not in the same stage as them, I'm trying to kind of follow them and, and enter that, enter into it with them as, you know, and try and, uh, learn from their mistakes. And, and I'm trying to just build myself up or, you know, or better yet, let the Holy Spirit work in me and mold me and guide me to be the man that he wants me to be before, you know, I'm making rash decisions, you know? And so I think that that's been cool is just letting God work in me. And I'm not, you know, and I, I appreciate what, you know, those kind words you're saying is just, I'm just letting God do his thing, you know, uh, you know, just being a, being a vessel and just trusting that he's going to do what he's going to do. The hard part is being patient and the hard part is trusting and, and I want to be in control of the situation or any situation. But I'm learning that the more in control I am, the more I just make things worse. So, you know, and that's not, and, and I'm not trying to be uh, hard on myself or down on myself, but it's just the truth is that if I let God do his thing and if I just, let go and let God, it just is, it's his plans are better than my plans. And if I try and do it under my own strength, I just make it worse. You know, I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I've tried to do things on my own and it's not good. No, it, it never is. I think it goes along the lines of when, when you're in line with pursuing God, the desires of your heart are things that are going to glorify him. Yeah. You know, um, when I felt like I was ready to find a wife, you know, I feel like he started working on my heart to prepare me for that. And obviously it was better for Randy and I to not be fully prepared for marriage because it really opened our eyes and got us through a lot of things by having to stumble through it and trust yeah. But at the same time, he really did prepare me for the mentality of being in a partnership, uh, you know, and entering a covenant with him and with my spouse, uh, you know, an agreement that we're going in the same direction, let's do this together, let's run this race. And, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Anyway, uh, just, to say that, you know, I understand where you're at. I was there, you know, with the desire of being around people who had the things that I saw lacking in my life, that I saw as a way to glorify Father and really fulfill desires that I had. Yeah. You know, being a husband and a father was always something that I wanted. 
and I didn't feel like I was in the right place until, you know, my eyes were open to that, and then, then I pursued that wholeheartedly, and it's been a drastic change, and, and it's a process that I'll go through for the rest of my life until, you know, I go, go home to him, but absolutely, he, he constantly reminds me of my true passions and desires, the things that I love in this life, um, and, and, and the way that they glorify him. Sure. The moment that I get sidetracked with something, uh, let my life get a uh, low spot or doldrums, for lack of a better term, you know, he reminds me of the things that are right in front of me, the things that I've always been desiring and happy and content with, and, and puts me back on that right path. Yeah. He's, he's been doing that to me too, and, and you know, like I. Like I said a little bit before about how God is just jealous, you know, it's, I take rest in the fact that my relationship with God is first now, you know, because I had a, in my past, you know, I, I have a bad habit of putting other people above God. I have a, a bad habit of turning people into idols, you know, um, there's a word, there's a word for that and I don't want to. And I know what it is, and I don't want to guess the word and sound and at the risk of sounding like an idiot and saying the wrong word. But there's a but there's an actual word for elevating someone up to you know to the level of a deity or, or like a god. And uh, I just stumbled across that word, you know. But um, so I, I have a bad habit of I have a bad habit of doing that, and God is, has been reminding me, no, it's you and me first, and nothing can separate me from from God's love. And that's, there's peace in that. You know, there's, I can't, I can't out sin God. There's nothing that I can do. And so that gives me a, a sense of, you know, that grace is, has been helping me really look at my life changing in a different ways that I'm not, trying to change my life for somebody else. I'm just allowing God to change me because of his love for me. So and so there's less anxiety that, that way. Not to really change direction, but kind of a question. Do you feel like in your experiences so far, these individuals who are the boneheads, so to speak, uh, what, do you, what do you think happens those individuals, without calling them out, uh, that that led them down the path in the opposite direction, kind of 180 from what God had placed in their life to what they're pursuing now. Yeah, I I've been thinking about that, and I'm, just, I'm and I want to say first off, and I know that you'd agree, is that you know I want to have the humility, and and I want to have the uh, I want to be scared to death when I think that it's, I don't ever want to think or say that I'm not capable of being a, a bad father and a bad husband. Cause I totally am. You are too. Cause we're fallen and we're, this is a simple world we live in. And that scares me to death. Cause I don't, I really don't want to be like this guy yeah. from the bottom of my heart. I really don't, but I'm capable of it because I'm imperfect and I'm broken. Um, but what I think, what I've been observing is that, you know, it's a, they either, you know, they chose to serve themselves above their own families first. You know, it's, right. it's a selfishness of, you know, I want to do this or I deserve this when, let's just say, just for the sake of argument, let's just say that's true. Let's just say that, that, you know, that he deserved this. doesn't matter because, as, like we were talking about earlier, you know, we're built to serve our family. That's what we're, that's what we're built to. We're supposed to love our family and love our, love our wives as Christ loved the church. And that, we're supposed to follow in that footstep, you know. And so he died for his bride, the church. 
so likewise, we're supposed to, you know, to die to ourselves for our bride, for our family, you know. And so who cares if you don't get what you want? And who cares if you think that you deserve something and you're not getting it? And who cares if if you're unhappy? Because that's your I think that what happened with these boneheads is that they just they lost their way, that they lost that they stopped doing the thing that they were built and designed to do. And then what's sad though is that you know, that there's a I've been seeing a lack of repentance in a few of these guys. You know, is that I don't know what I don't even know what that is. I think it's just that they just embrace it. You know, they think that they may think that they're too far gone or, or that too much damage has been done that to to walk back from it, but you know, there's always and that may be true, there may be there may be too much damage to be done to fully have complete restoration, but you know, with with your family, but you can always figure it out from where you're at. You know, it's the the thing that frustrates me the most is just the embrace of this falling away, this embrace of selfishness. How do you think as Christian men we graciously uh, show them love. You know, for some of these guys, the, the ones that I've heard of, that I know of, um, the, the things that they've done to really damage their families <clears throat> has been drastic. And it's really hard uh, for myself to think of my wife and my son and, and not yeah. Somebody can be selfish enough to do that to a family, despite the problems they could have within their marriages, and despite, you know, quarrels or bitterness or whatever is going on. There's nothing that, in my mind, in a relationship, that you cannot come back from when we have God on our side. Absolutely. So how do you show somebody the love and the grace of the Father when morally I'm just angry? Yeah, at them. Like, that's a stupid decision that they've made. I want to smack them. Yeah. It's, well, because, yeah, it's exactly, because it's this whole idea of, like, dude, you're not doing, you're not pulling your weight. You're not working, you know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that either. I know that we, I know that we're supposed to give grace, you know, and I, I know that, and I just, I think that it starts, and I don't know exactly what that looks like completely, to be honest, you know, but I know that it starts with, Thinking with 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 the mindset of I am capable of making every decision they have made yeah. completely, you know, and I think that that's a good starting point, you know, and um, letting God and just approaching God with that and saying, God, this I am capable of doing X, Y, and Z to my family, and because I'm broken, I'm a fallen sinner, and give me the grace. To not do that, you know, and just be, you know, because I, I don't want to wake up one day being married and having kids and realize what have I done? Like, where, where am I? You know, I want to, I, you know, I want to constantly let God keep me on track. <clears throat> so I think that that's a good place to start is saying where that, you know, it's just, it's total depravity. You know, it's, it's that. Sin has, the total depravity means is that sin has affected every aspect of my life. And um, what's awesome about God is that he knows. He's like, yeah, sin does affect every aspect of your life, but I'm going to work in you through that. And and your sin doesn't have to be a death sentence anymore. And your lifelong struggles with sin don't have to be a lifelong, you know, there's victory and there you can... You can repent and you can change. You know, I've seen that in my life. I'm still working through. I'm still working through stuff, and um, and it's going to be a long process. But I've already seen fruit, and I've already seen genuine, actual change in my life, and it's been crazy. You know, and so um, it's that embrace of knowing I'm capable of. I'm capable of being. Of, I'm capable of embracing my biggest nightmare. Yeah. You know, and and going from there, Lord, I am capable of being my nightmare. Help me not be my nightmare. And um, and just being mindful of that. And I think that God's been 
putting that in front of me as saying, oh, you know, God's been walking me through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay, you don't want to be like X, Y, and Z. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guide you through the middle of it just so you can see the damage that it does, and you can see it in practice, and it's not just on paper anymore. You can actually see it, you know. And so it's been equal parts encouraging and discouraging to me through all this. I think I think that there's another uh, way of looking at that, though. Um, not just to not just to say that you know I don't want to become my nightmare. You know, living in the idea, the fear of always becoming anything that you don't want to be isn't necessarily the healthiest way to process. Yeah, I, that makes sense because you can kind of get stuck in that. Yeah. Yeah, and then you don't really fully uh, open the opportunity. Uh, or you're not fully up, open to the opportunity of God's glory in your life. And sure. The, the redemption that He's given you. You're constantly leaning on Him to keep you from being something, but you're not constantly leaning on Him to make you the best that you can be. Yeah. So to speak. I feel like you also need to be mindful of the fact that God has given you many good, positive qualities that make you you and he loves you for those things and almost focusing on the opposite of that really squanders those yeah it kind of it kind of extinguishes that flame and yeah i see what you're saying it's just i'd, I'd want to have just an accurate view of you know either way and and that's kind of what you know um that's kind of what the whole point of the site is of blessings and bruises is being, you know, because people would tell me this is going to be, you're going to have this sin for your whole life. But then in the same sentence, they'd say, well, but there's victory too. You have victory. And that would confuse me. And I didn't know how to resolve that. Um, you know, when I would hear that everybody else would always seem to be encouraged by that. But to me, I never was able to figure that out. And the best thing that what I feel like God told me was that, you know, was that, yes, this is this is going to be a part of your life. But the cool thing is, though, is that it doesn't have to be a burden anymore. It does. It can, you know, one of my favorite things about God is he can break the rules because he wrote the rules. I have to follow the rule. I have to live within the rules and Satan has to live within the rules because we're creative beings. But God can change the rules. And so I say, you know, one of my big prayers is, God, if I have to live with this, then use it for your glory. Flip it upside down. Use it to use me to minister to other people with this stuff. Because, and then in that, like, there's, there's that's the blessing in that bruise that I carry in this scar. You know, um, the main thing that I look towards is um, Jacob, when he was wrestling with God, he wrestled with God all night, and uh, he, you know, God touched his hip, threw his hip out of socket or whatever it was, and he, Jacob had this reminder, you know, he limped from it, and he had this reminder of the time that he wrestled with God, and it was it was this constant thing of it, it wasn't a, you know, it was he had a limp and and he was afflicted, but it was a reminder of God's influence in his life, and so that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to redeem. I've been trying to let God redeem redeem this stuff because that's the beauty of grace. Because God can flip it upside down. This doesn't have to be a bummer. You know, this can be good. And God's been, you know, not by my not by my choice, but God's been putting opportunity in my life. You know, you said at the beginning of this, I don't, I didn't, you know, you said at the beginning of this, I didn't feel like I was ready to, you know, minister to these you know, to these kids or, or to talk to these kids about stuff. And I don't feel that way either, but God's been, God's been putting it on me anyway. So I think that, you know, um, as it's like proportional, you know, you're only responsible. It's like the, the parable of the talents. You're only responsible for, for what you've been, for what you've been given, you know? So, um, that's just been something that I hope that other people are encouraged by is, um, the things that you're afflicted with and the things that you're burdened with and 
your past hurts and your past scars, they don't have to be ugly. They don't have to be a death sentence. If you let God flip that upside down and, and turn it around, then he can do that and he will do that. And you can better serve the people around you and God will put people in your life for you to serve in that way. You know? And so I think that, you know, I don't know. I, I understand where you're coming from. I guess the main reason I brought that up is I was just trying to point you in a direction of a little bit of encouragement. Um, you know, we don't necessarily always have to focus on the, uh, the sin that we fear or the sin that we committed in the past because that almost dragged us down. Yeah. We focus on the glory of redemption and then moving forward from that. And while we can be reminded like Jacob was with a, a, a bruise or a you know, limp, uh, we still have the opportunity to look forward the healing, the, the uh, healing, and the overwhelming grace that God shows us in the learning process—absolutely, being made perfect. You know, it, it's uh, one of my favorite views of our walk with Christ is, you know, He is pruning us, making us into a beautiful tree that bears fruit, rather than a shriveled, ugly tree that doesn't bear fruit. Yeah, and He's gonna, He's gonna, yeah, He's gonna. He's going to trim and he's going to, you know, cut branches off that are, that are not contributing to the whole. And, and while that process and that's okay. can be, while that process can be uncomfortable, we still have the opportunity to look forward to the thing that we're promised in the end. That, yeah. That picture of what we strive to be when we finish the race and we're in the midst of his presence and, and you know, get to experience. to understand that I will make you into something great eventually if you just are willing to let it happen. To let it happen. Yeah. yeah. And I just I just know in my life that I you know, I pray for my future wife all the time. I pray for my future kids all the time. You know, that I serve them in a way that God wants me to serve them. You know, um you know, because I can't imagine you know, what the weight of that is, I can only guess, and I can only, you know, try and absorb as much as I can, but until that day comes, you know, I'm not going to fully understand it, but I know that that weight is heavier than I thought it was, you know, um, and so, and that's exciting, and something that God's been telling me is that, you know, if I think, oh, God, I'm ready, I'm ready for this, is what I tell him, is what I tell God a lot. And God's like, yeah, no, you're not, you think you're ready for this. And that's cool that you think you're ready for this, but, and you have been growing, but there's way more work to be done, you know? And so, um, I think that, you know, in my life, I'm waiting on God on a couple things. And I think that, you know, that when I'm ready, he'll let me know. I don't, that's not my call to know if I'm ready or not. God's timing is perfect and our impatient. No, it doesn't. Not at all. Not at all. Well, man, I feel like this has been a good conversation. This is a good spot to kind of wrap things up. Sure. Uh, any last thoughts? No, man. I really think it was a good, you know, I think it was a good talk that we had. You know, considering that it was off the cuff and considering that you left your, your show notes at work. You didn't even come prepared. Hey, man, I just let the Holy Spirit speak through me. You yeah, know? Whatever. <laughs> whatever. No, it's all good. I'm excited about this. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, I'm just, I think we just be faithful with this and keep doing it and just see what happens and adjust as necessary. So, guys, the idea uh, that we have for this whole thing is just to have conversations like this. Um, you know, some of them will be theological debates, uh, things that we struggle with with God's Word, uh, you know, things that we have opinions on, uh, world events. Um, 
some conversations may be silly. We'll talk about motorcycles, we'll talk about music, we'll talk about sports, although I'm not really that into sports, but I know Chris is a baseball fan, right? More, more or less. More or less. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a wide variety of things, um, just kind of giving our insight as to average Christian guys who are just trying to do the best we can with what God has placed in front of us and really feel like we are given the opportunity to encourage others uh, in our struggles and our triumphs. And um, we just wanted to share this experience with you and hope that we bless you guys even just a little bit and that God would use us to do so. Yeah, and just we're just going to trust that God will do his thing with it and just, you know, it's going to be cool. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. And I promise the audio recordings will get better. Tonight we are recording on my laptop with no mic, just using the computer's mic. Uh, things will get a little smoother. We'll have a better flow. We'll find our voice. So your patience is appreciated. but uh, And your feedback hope. is appreciated, too. Absolutely. And we hope that you enjoyed uh, tonight's session. All right.